Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. So, my name is Lindsay. I'm one of the youth pastors at Life Church, and um, I'm going around and helping with the This Is Us series. So we're going to continue to talk about that, This Is Us. And what this is, is we want to talk about what the values of Life Church are in a practical way. We can read about it, we can read about it in scripture, but we want to break it down in a practical way. And so we're going to continue that today, and we are going to look at, I want to bring up Acts 2, because we know we say we're an Acts 242 church, right? And sometimes we just say that Acts 242. And this is Acts 242 to 47. And I'm going to read what's in bold because that is specific for today. But before we do, I like to pray before I get into scripture. So let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, for the absolute privilege to be here today with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you. We do not take it for granted that we can come here and worship you, encourage one another, be here together learn about who you are and grow closer to you. I pray that you would speak through these words, that you would be speaking through your word as I say it, and that everyone here will be able to take something away that is personal to them by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's read what's in bold. It says, and this is the um, early, early, early church. Every day they continued continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. We are going to be talking about what the importance is of gathering together with other believers, gathering together, spending time with believers. Now, if you've been in church or you maybe have heard this word, it's kind of the similar thing we're talking about today, and it is fellowship. Fellowship, that word fellowship. To me, it sounds a little churchy, fellowship. Let's get together for some fellowship. However, if we do look at the definition, it's actually pretty spot on to what we're going to be talking about today. So the definition is a group of people meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim, fellowship. And guess what? Our shared interest is Jesus. We have decided to devote our lives to Jesus, to say yes to Jesus. So our lives actually revolve around Jesus. So when we're together, we are revolving around Jesus together. We have a shared core of who we are. So fellowship is not too bad of a word for that. However, for the sake of the value series, we want to simplify it and say we're gathering together. However, one point of clarification. I know that everyone here has a collection of friends. We have friends from different parts of our life. We have met people. We get along with people. This today is specific for gathering with people who are believers of Jesus. We can hang out with anybody, and that is awesome. But today, the value that Life Church wants to communicate is why it's so important that we have friends and we have people who believe in Jesus and will build each other and will encourage each other. So that is what we are going to be talking about. So if we are focused on Jesus, 
I think it's good to look at the relationships that Jesus had. Jesus had relationships. Yes, he was the son of God, but he was a human on earth and had relationships. He had friendships. He gathered with people. He brought people around him. So why don't we take a look at maybe some of the modeling he did around specific size groups and why they matter to us. Okay, so we are going to be looking at Jesus having a 70. It can say 72 or 70, depending on what you read, but 70 is the number. It's nice and round. We'll talk about 70. Um, He had a 12 around him, and he had a 3 around him. And these are numbers that we are going to say these are the numbers because that's what it says in Scripture, but don't think that your number has to be specific to that. It's just a general idea of the size. And I want to talk about a scientific study that when I was doing research here for this, I actually found a study from an anthropologist in London in the early 90s, and they were talking about social groups of humans. And I already knew about these sizes we're going to talk about about Jesus, but I, I saw this, and I thought it was interesting, and it really mirrored what we're going to be talking about today. And it said the average human has the capacity for about three to five best friends. That's, that's about what you can have, is three to five best friends on an intimate level. And then beyond that, your circle, the circle of people around you that is maybe a little bit wider, but the people that you find, maybe it's your birthday and you're going out to dinner, you're having people around, or you're part of a life group, and so you have a little bit of a wider, but they're still your friends. It's about 12 to 15. And then beyond that, your social network, your acquaintances, people you know their names of, you know their faces, you know some details about them, but they are your acquaintances, but they are ones you can sustain. It's about 100 to 150. 100 to 150. So I was really encouraged by that because it kind of mirrors what we're going to be talking about. So science and the Bible, something in common. When I talk about social network, though, I'm not talking about your social network on Facebook or on Instagram, how many people know how many friends they have? I mean, they said 150 in the study, but I'm, does anyone have, raise your hand if you have more than 150 friends on a social media platform. More than 150, okay. For instance, Phoebe, how many followers do you think you have? Um, I can check for you, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can check for you. Okay. <clears throat> So Phoebe Jewhurst has 949 followers on Instagram. Wow, I did a little research. Actually, she only has five posts, so maybe she needs to create some content for all of her followers because she's got an audience waiting. And then um, some people just really like face-to-face, genuine friendships and haven't really built their social media following yet, Lisa McDavid, has 56 followers. 56 followers, also with seven posts. So no, we are not talking about the people on social media. We're talking about real relationships, just to clarify. So who are your 70? Who are your 70? This is... um, Potentially, we can talk about 70 in the context of take a look around you right now. Take a look around you. We've got a rough number. I don't know how many people are here, but it's going to be what you would consider to be this 
group. This is your ministry. This is your church. And Jesus gathered a larger group for his ministry as well. Let's take a look at the verse. Luke 10, 1 through 2 says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So this is a larger community of believers. And some scholars say um, that there are some people that were instrumental in the early church that did some incredible things for the work of Jesus beyond him that could have been part of this 70. So you've got people like Barnabas that we heard about last week from Dell. You've got Stephen who was, um, was martyred for his faith. You have Mark and Luke who were um, authors of the Gospels, but not a part of the 12, but still following Jesus and seeing firsthand. And, and a few more of, you know, other people that were in that. So we're looking around, and if you look to your left and to your right, you are all doing the work for Jesus here. And you never know what the path of your brothers and sisters are going to take. And so when you're together, you're encouraging and you're building each other up. Um, so let's take a look at some examples of who would be in your 70. So these are acquaintances. These could be surface level relationships. And you know what, that's okay. You can't be best friends with everyone here. And that is okay. But you have a shared mission. At Cinnamon Brow, Life Church Cinnamon Brow, you are a team. You have a shared mission. If you decide to bring someone to church on a Sunday, guess who they're gonna meet? Everyone here. You are going to be the representation of Jesus to them as they encounter what church is. You, Cinnamon Brow, are the family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington, like we say at Life Church. And so this is your family. This is your team. When I saw earlier on when we were worshiping and we were listening to God and we were encouraging one another, and we were praying for one another, that is that shared mission. That is what you see when you come here. And it is a wider group. You know, the wider we get, the more diverse we get. And hopefully we can learn from one another. We have different experiences and backgrounds, and it will be more diverse. And there's beauty in that. So let's move on to who are your 12? Jesus did choose 12. He chose 12 people to surround himself with, to share his life with. And these are the disciples. Pop quiz, can you name some of the disciples? Go, for, no, just shout, shout it out. Peter, Andrew, Matthew, Bartholomew. Yes, there was a Judas. Anybody else? <laughs> what was it? Nathaniel or Bartholomew, yep. Yep, yes, so... We have the 12 disciples. Let's just look at their names. Let's just do it. There we go. Matthew 10, verses 2 to 4. These are the names of the 12 disciples. First, we have Simon, who's called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who did betray him. So, we have 12 
12 around Jesus. Not only did they do, not only did they do ministry with him, which we know a lot about, but if you think about it, the amount of time that they spent, the closer access they had with Jesus, they traveled with him, they ate meals with him, they probably camped out with him, they told stories, they had fun, and then they shared their sorrows with each other. And so you are seeing a deeper connection with the 12. So let's look at what the 12 could look like for you. And we are speaking about good friends. So we are building relationships from acquaintances and we're moving into having good friends. We speak with them often. We are praying together and we are sharing with one another. And this is where accountability starts to happen because you have regular communication and regular check-ins. You can become accountable with one another. And practically, this is the circle of people where you find yourself with praying with, talking about life, encouraging each other, and you're getting into a little bit more personal information with. Um, this is really easily a life group. Honestly, it's a life group, and we will be plugging life groups this morning because life groups are where these relationships are starting to be built. Um, so life group at, at Life Church is wonderful. Also, one way that I really started to get to know people who were believers, if you don't know people already, is saying, I'm going to sign up for a Sunday serving team. And when you sign up for a Sunday serving team, you're coming early, you're having conversation, especially something like a greeting or a cafe where you're seeing faces and names in your building. And that is a very fast way of getting to know people. Um, so I would suggest that as well. But you do not need to build your 12 solely from Life Church Cinnamon Brow. I just want to say that. There are four other Life Church locations where you may have friends and you may know people. And there are also wonderful churches in the area and wonderful Christian community in the area that you can build your connection with. So I'm not forcing you to become besties with the people there and there and there. But I want you to start here first, and I also want you to take a look around and go, who really clicks with me? Your group of 12 may look different to someone else's group of 12. Dell has a life group, and it's with young guys, younger guys, kind of young, young guys, and they get together, they study the word, they read the Bible, then they close the Bible, and they bring out board games, and they play board games, and they love board games. And that is a mutual shared enjoyment that they find together. It's incredibly important. I will say this a couple times. I think that we as Christians can find being serious really easy, but we need to enjoy one another and we need to learn how to have fun. So find out what is fun with your friends. Find out what is fun with the people next to you on a Sunday morning and go do it. Go enjoy it. Go and do it because... There's a time and a place for seeking the Lord, and there's a time and a place for bringing the Lord alongside your fun. And I think that we should be in the practice of that. So when I'm thinking about the disciples and the life that Jesus mutually shared with them, and I think about, you know, Dell's life group, and I think about what are some teams that did kind of their life together, they were on a mission together, and this came into my mind. <clears throat> Like a security code? 
whosoever is carrying Thor's fingerprints is, I think, the literal translation? Yes, well, that's, uh, that's a very, very interesting theory. I have a simpler one. You're all not worthy. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so the Avengers, the Avengers, there are several movies with the Avengers in, but what I really liked about that montage was they were together in their superhero moments. And this is gonna be an analogy of you are doing kingdom work side by side with people. Then there are times when you're just hanging around in each other's houses and you're teasing each other and you're telling jokes and you're playing games. And then that last scene, which is incredibly important, is they had had the world's worst day. And sometimes you don't even need to share words. You just bring out some food and you just sit in each other's company. And I think that that can really speak to all of us about how it doesn't fit in one box. We can share all of our life with each other. So we're talking about being friends. I'm going to quickly go through this. I think that it is something to consider when we are moving on this track from acquaintances to closer friends to best friends in the Lord. Are you a friend worth having? And do you know what it looks like to find a friend worth having? And we are going to be specifically looking at believers who are friends because we were wanting to build each other up. I thought about putting the descriptions up on the screen, but I decided not to. And I want you to listen to these descriptions. And I want you to consider two things. Am I this person to others? And can I find these qualities in the people that I'm trusting or want to trust? And I want you to be honest about that. So the things that I think a good friend are is someone who stays in the light. And what I mean by that is they have um, integrity. They are pure of heart. They are above reproach. They don't have any hiddenness. They keep everything out in the open. They encourage you to grow. They value your time. They're fun to be around. They enjoy them. Honest and trustworthy. They listen well and is slow to speak joyful and hopeful about the future, respects your boundaries, celebrates with you and grieves with you, consistently points you to Jesus. And then conversely, I think that it's worth being honest with ourselves with attributes of not a good friend. And I just want us to think about this, not only for figuring out who we bring close to us, but also Lord, convict me if I need to become a better friend to other people. People who maybe aren't great friends, or they find the negative in everything. They're a jealous person. They're not true to their word. They like to talk about other people. They're too busy to make time for you and will tempt you to make compromises on things you believe. So let's take a look and say, Jesus, help us. Help us to become a friend worth having and help us to seek out those people and surround the good ones and surround them in our life. So that leads us to who are your three? Who are your three? These are the three of the 12. Jesus had 12 disciples, but there are three particular ones that he became close to. He actually let them have access into his life that no one else did. 
and we're going to take a look at a scene, really, it feels like a scene to me, um, an instance where he takes them to a private place and shows them something. So let's look at Matthew 17, 1 through 2. After six days, Jesus look, took with him Peter, James, and John, the son of James, or brother, not the son, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Not only did Jesus speak about who he was and do these miracles, but he took these three and said, this is who I am. This is my glory. This is my true self. Not only did he do this, but he also gave them access to particular miracles. For instance, when the young girl was healed, when she was brought back from the dead, only those three saw that. There's certain temptations and certain struggles, um, prayers and teachings that only, if you go through scripture, only these three had that access. And so my question is, do you have people in your life who, you, who see the true you and you have the confidence and the trust to reveal your full and true self to them. And that is what this represents. These are your closest friends. You are becoming so vulnerable with them because you need somebody to tell things to. And if you don't have that, and if you maybe feel like you're, I'm comfortable with the 70, I'm here on a Sunday, and maybe I've come to a life group a few times, but that is it. There is something really rich and really beneficial in the Lord that you're missing out on here. Because you can't keep everything inside. You have to speak out. And not only is it good for you, but you have something to offer to someone else. And there's a mutual benefit here for people who become close. There's intentional depth. You have decided that you are going to talk about things more than small talk. You're going to move past that, and you are going to ask them, but how are you really? How are you doing really? Like Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. There is a lot of grace and truth that is needed in this type of friendship. A lot more grace. The closer you get to somebody, the more you see them, you need a lot of grace with each other, and you need to be able to give a lot of truth to each other. Quick story is I had a friend a while ago, and we were close, and like friends do, something happened, and I made a mistake, and I was not a good friend. I offended him, and he was hurt, so we got together to talk about it. And I said, I'm sorry, and he said, I, I forgive you. It was all fixed, and then he said something that will always stay with me. He said, well, it's good to know that we're in each other's splash zone. And I said, Splash zone. And this is SeaWorld. This is in Orlando, Florida, where I'm from. And at SeaWorld, there is a Shamu show. And they warn you, if you sit in the first 10 rows, you are in the splash zone. And Shamu will come, and Shamu will flap its tail, and you will get soaked. And you leave the show with a souvenir of pool water. <clears throat> this is what I mean by splash zone. This means I'm close enough to know the real you, but it's gonna get messy. If I'm close enough to know the, know, the, know the real you, mistakes and mess and good and bad will happen. But there is a good thing about being this close to someone. It means you're actually, you actually know them and they know you. 
So, like I said, these are believers that are believers. They don't have to be in your location, but they have to be believers, and they have to have proximity to your life. So, even though I know you may have some friends long distance, find friends that have proximity to you and find friends that believe in Jesus. Those two are crucial to this. So it is important, I will say it over and over again, to have friends who are believers because we do not want to end up like this fellow. The Lone Ranger. Lone Ranger. Don't be a Lone Ranger. Um, the Lone Ranger is my American culture contribution this morning. The Lone Ranger was a 1950s television show about a Texas Ranger who had a bunch of mates who were Texas Rangers, and unfortunately, they were killed. He was alone. And instead of getting more mates to be more Texas Rangers and surround himself with Team Two, he decides, I'm gonna just do this thing alone. And I'm just gonna go my own way and I'm gonna fight crime and be the good guy, but I'm not gonna pick anybody else anymore. And I don't want us to be lone rangers. We're not meant to be lone rangers. I did ask my husband, Dell when I was prepping this preach, Hey, Dell. so I'm going to talk about the Lone Ranger, but I know it's American, I know it's kind of niche. As a middle-aged British man, would you know who the Lone Ranger was? And this was his reaction. He does not like being called middle-aged. He is 40. Um, he does not like being called middle-aged. And, and so he thinks he's got a few more years before he can be middle-aged. Anyway, moving on. In the US, if you say don't be a Lone Ranger or someone's a Lone Ranger, it actually means this, one who acts alone and without consultation or approval of others. Jesus was not a Lone Ranger. In scripture, we see Jesus was not a Lone Ranger, even though he was probably the most qualified person to do things alone. He didn't actually need people. He was the son of God but he chose to surround himself with people, and so should we. So, another quiz for you. When do we read in the Bible the first not good? Genesis. And what particularly is not good? Not good for man to be alone. You guys are on it. Yes. Let's read it together. Genesis 2, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So I want to talk about God's design for man. If you think about it, God was creating the heavens and the earth, and he said, it's good. He's creating the darkness and the light, the land and the water. This is good. This is good. Planets, the seasons, good, good. Vegetation, animals, good, good. And then he creates man, and he goes, good, good, good. Not good. Incomplete. 
For God to call something not good when there's no one else around. And he just says, actually, it's not good. It's worth stopping and looking at. This is often referred to when we're talking about marriage, and that is true. But I think we need to be taking um, a look at this. It's not good to be alone. I will create a, a helper. I will create somebody to be with man in terms of relationship with one another. We need people. Jesus gathered people. At the beginning of time and the beginning of our own lives, when God is weaving us together and he's creating us, he makes this need as fundamental as breathing, eating, sleeping. We need people. We need people not only to survive, but to be everything God called us to be. The Trinity is a community. We are a community. Belonging, acceptance, it is in our biology, and we need it. So don't go through life solo. It wouldn't be a Lindsay preach if we didn't have Star Wars, I'm telling you right now. So to wrap up, I'm going to go through this a bit quick. This, I want to be incredibly practical for you. This is a very practical topic fellowship with others. And this is, might be something that you're already doing and you're doing well. And so I hope that what I'm going to be giving is some tips to build the community of the 70, the community of the 12, and the community of your best, closest friends. That either you are starting from scratch and you go, I actually need these people, or maybe you already have them and you need some ideas to keep things fresh and to keep things going and to build them and to make them stronger. So let's dive into how can we strengthen our larger group of believers. I challenge you with these. Make a commitment to worship Jesus with others every week. You are here this morning, but come every week. And I'm not saying this because you need to tick a box because that's how you stay a Christian. Or you're just, you're I'm a Christian because I just, I come to Cinnamon Brow. No, you need the person next to you and you need to be with them and you need to be doing life with them here on a Sunday morning so then you're filled up and you can live your week for Jesus because you've just been with other believers. Your faith is strong. So commit to that. Come to Life Church prayer meetings and topical studies when we offer them because it's a mix of people from different locations and you get to meet more people. Join a serving team if you haven't. And then when you're saying hello, go and say hello to someone and move beyond small talk. Check in with them, but actually, maybe have a creative way of saying hello. So here's a couple that I came up with. What if you went up to Des and you're like, did something unexpected happen to you this week? What happened to you? Did you, you have a story for me? You know? Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. If you could have lunch anywhere in the world today after church, Little, like, little transporter. Where do you want to go? She wants to go to Chick-fil-A. I'll go with her in Orlando, Florida. Sure. Where have you seen God show himself to you this week? Let's talk about our testimonies of the week. Let's share something a little deeper. And how can I pray for you? Is there anything I can pray for you for this week? All right. Let's move on to our smaller group. If you are in a group that's 10, 12-ish, or you're like, actually, I need to find a group like this. I need to start sharing more of my life. Maybe you join a life group. If you don't know 
If you don't in a life group and you want to join a life group, we have them on our website, lifechurchwarrington.com. Also talk to your Cinnamon Brow leaders, and they'll find a good fit for you. And maybe it means that we need to start creating some more. And that is also a good thing, too, because we need this community. Yeah. <clears throat> Organize a community outreach. Maybe you already have a group. Maybe you have a life group. Find something to do in Warrington. Find a common goal, aim, and go out and do it together in the name of Jesus. Get out your diary and put in gathering dates. I will put my hand up and say, life happens. We are busy and we have good intentions. Get your diaries out and put dates in there so you always know that something is coming up and you can look forward to being with your friends. And here are some fun F-U-N ways to get together. Remember our Zoom trivia and lockdown? Let's do that again. I know Zoom causes some trauma for people. I get it. But I think it's good for this type of thing. A bring and share with a theme. Maybe like Mexican. Maybe you dress up like a time period. Some people are rolling their eyes at me. And some people need to get over it and just do it. A weekend picnic at the beach or the park. Do a scavenger hunt in Warrington. Guess what? Dell and I are youth pastors. We can give you a whole list of things you can do. Host a game night. I... You don't have to always play board games. There's some games, just come see me after, called Bunko. There's minute to win it games. Like really group-oriented things where everyone can participate. Do, do some of that and watch a cheesy movie. Guess what? He said Mamma Mia last week. He said About Time last week. He said Here Comes the Boom. These are cheesy movies. Go watch them and have a laugh together. Do something fun. Okay, and finally, what can you do to build your best relationships, your closest relationships? Take, take a minute and text and call or write a note to someone and just say, I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful you're in my life. Let them know that they matter. Um, send a friend a funny video or meme out of the blue. Just find something and you go, oh man, that person will laugh. Be lighthearted. Don't always reserve your communication for when you need something or when you're praying about something. Do it for the fun of it. Invite someone to share a meal or coffee together so you can catch up one-on-one -on -one properly. Take a hike or walk together somewhere with beautiful scenery so you can walk together and admire nature together. There's wonderful places that you can go. And maybe you also want to grab someone and volunteer for something you care about. Maybe you want to volunteer for the community grocery. And Orford, that's a good idea. You should do that too. Right. So I hope that you have some practical ways of building your relationships with other believers in the name of Jesus. Let's read 1 Thessalonians. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you, Life Church Cinnamon Brow, are already doing. Build one another up because relationships happen in proximity you have to get close to each other and finally relationship with Jesus happens in proximity and I find value in really checking where we are with Jesus at the end of any message because it all comes down to Jesus so where are you in proximity to Jesus this morning, today? Perhaps you're here and you go, I don't know if I actually know him. I've heard of him, but I don't know if I actually know him. And maybe 
you say, I know him, but I could, I could be closer. I could come closer. And it's with me. I need to be the one to come closer. You need to be more prox- proximate to Jesus. Maybe there's something in between you and him that's keeping you from coming closer. And fellowship with other Christians is a wonderful thing, but don't let that distract you and keep you from realizing that your relationship with Jesus is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to have that relationship with Jesus. Others can't be that for you. So if everyone could get in a place where they are thinking, if you want to close your eyes, you can. If you want to bow your head, you can. But just think and focus on this for a second. Be honest with yourself. And if you can come closer, and if there is things between you and Jesus, just say, Jesus, I want to come closer. I'm moving that thing out of the way today. And if you don't know Jesus, today could be honestly the best day of your life. All it takes is saying yes to him. He chose to take human form, come down from heaven, and live a life perfect. To build relationships, to show people what life could look like. And then he willingly went to the cross and died so that it could cover every wrong thing we've ever done. But then he rose on the third day in glory to show that he is the true God and he is the son of God and that we can put our full faith in him because he is trustworthy, he is loving, and he cares about you specifically. He did it for you. So I'm going to pray for both. And if it's you, just say, yes, that's me in, my, in, your, in your heart under your breath. Lord Jesus, thank you for this morning, for opportunities where you want to meet with us, you want to teach us, and you want us to come closer to you. We say yes to you this morning. Say yes to you for the first time. I want to follow you. I want you to be my guide. I want to model my life after the things you've taught us. And I need your help to live life. And I say yes to following you for the rest of my life. And I surrender every part of me to you. And Jesus, I... I want to come closer. I know that there's stuff between me and you, and I've been putting it off. And today is, the, is really my opportunity, so I'm going to take it, and I'm going to walk towards you, and I'm going to say, yes, I want you, and there's nothing I want more than you. Thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful when we are not, and that you will always, always, always be there and never leave us. We ask you to fill each and every person here that you would build them and give them strength for the week ahead and that you would give them opportunities to create or build relationships with other believers, to grow, to have fun, to enjoy each other's company and to look forward to, honestly, eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. 
keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.